Good morning. Give them a second to turn this on, and there it goes. Hallelujah. First of all, I want to say thank you guys for being here this morning. It's good, as always, to be in the house of the living God. Being the first Sunday of the month, we are going to be partaking in the Lord's Supper. Can you hear me this morning? Hallelujah. So I want to read some passages of scriptures before we partake in the Lord's Supper. And if the men of God would go ahead and make their way up and begin to pass this morning, we'd appreciate that. The Apostle Paul tells us, for what I have received from the Lord, what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had broken and given it, he gave thanks. He broke it and said, this, this is my body, which is for you. And do this in remembrance of me. He said, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That's powerful, isn't it? So a man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment upon himself. And that is why many among you are weak and sick. A number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judge ourselves, we will not come under judgment for when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. First of all, I want you to take the symbol of the body of Christ in your right hand. And we remember the words of Christ. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. Can I get an amen? Amen. He said, I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate manna in the wilderness, and yet they died. But here's the bread which comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread. If a man eats this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. We do not realize the power today that we hold between our fingers right now, the symbol of the body of Christ. Jesus said, I was wounded for your transgressions. I was bruised for the iniquities and the chastisement of peace was upon me. And by my stripes, you were healed. Do you believe there's healing in the body of Christ today? I believe by faith that if we receive this bread from heaven, this symbol of the body of Christ, there is not a thing on this earth and under the earth that the devil can bring against us if we will believe today. And I believe by faith today in the power of Jesus Christ. I believe in the power of the resurrection. I believe that the 
that death has already been defeated by the blood and by the body of Christ. If you believe it this morning, raise that hand and repeat after me. Jesus, right now, Lord, we, we believe by faith, Lord, that you accomplish the will of your Father. We confess our sins before you, Lord, because we know that we all have sinned and we all have fallen short to your glory. And we receive the symbol of your body that was beaten and bruised by faith, Lord, and we receive the healing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ mentally, physically, and spiritually, and God's people received. The Bible said in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is the new, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, and do this in remembrance of me. Peter tells us that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that we are redeemed from the empty way of the promises of our fathers. But as with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. We love the old song, what will wash away my sins, nothing but the, nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's power today in the blood of Christ. Can I get an Amen. We believe that there's a power in the symbol of the blood of Christ. We raise it in remembrance of Christ. We believe by faith that by the blood of Jesus, our sins have been washed away as far as away from the north as to the south, to the east, and to the west. Our sins are forgotten and not remembered no more. And we believe by faith we receive the gift of love in the mighty name of Christ, we receive. God's people said amen and amen. If you guys have your Bibles this morning... I want you to go all the way back to the very beginning of your Bibles, to the book of Genesis. And I want you to find yourself in chapter 3, and we will begin in verse 8. But before I get there, I would like to speak just a little bit prior to that. Because we're going to be looking into a very familiar story. One I believe that each and every one of us have heard many times throughout our lives. But I'm mainly going to be focusing on today something that could easily be overlooked. I'm always looking for the things that no one else is talking about. And First of all, I want to say it, it, it's a statement, or should I say it's the first excuse. It's the first excuse that Eve 
gave to God after she had fallen into the trap, into the trap of temptation. It's strange how we always try to justify ourselves before God. And that's what we're going to see. And it's strange because we, we know the Bible teaches that the eyes of the Lord upon the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do what is evil. In fact, Jesus tells us in Luke 16 and 15, the first part, he said to them, you are the ones who justify yourself in the eyes of men, but God knows your hearts. Can I get an amen? Now, before I go to the excuse, I'm going to give you a few scriptures to write down because these are scriptures that you need to know as men and women of God because there's not a soul in this room that will not be tempted by the devil. First of all, you need to understand where the temptation comes from. We read in the book of James 1 and 13, he says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. So understand that temptation does not come from who? Thank you. Then Paul tells us, but when we are tempted, and we know the temptation comes from the evil one, the reason he tempts us is because he desires to cause us to stumble and to fall. I can promise you there's not a soul in this room this week that has not been tempted in one way or another, and you have fell into that trap, and you have stumbled. Every one of us. Paul tells us that we all have sinned and we all have fallen short to the glory of God. So Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, you know this one. He says that no temptation, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Let's stop right there. In other words, this is the same temptation that goes all the way back to the very beginning of time. The devil does not tempt us with something new, <clears throat> something new that hadn't been used before. Sometimes he just rewraps it. Back in the old days, it would just be a beautiful woman. Now he can take the internet and take that beautiful woman and cause a man to fall into that same temptation, but the same tempt. Come on, amen? But no temptation has seized you except what is common to man and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Can I get an amen? So with that said, keep them as your foundational verses this morning. Let's begin to look carefully at the first excuse. And let's build our sermon upon that excuse this morning. Because in this statement, we find a key that will help us identify and recognize the lies that the devil is trying to feed you. Genesis 3, 8 through 13. Once you find your place, please stand for the reading of God's Holy Scriptures. Genesis 3, 
Fishing get good off in here. I like this message because it's not really a message that gets all in your mailbox. But it's one of those messages that really makes you think that I need to be more wise and me more, more discerning about what's taking place around me. Genesis 3, 8 through 13. Then the man and his wife, they heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Stop right there. Notice that when sin is active in your life, our first response as, as men and women Christians, our first response naturally is to try to hide from God. In other words, we, 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 we do not want to be caught in that, that truth. Come on, amen. We, we know that God knows everything, but once we commit a sin, instead of running to God, we run from God. A lot of people miss church because, you know, they, they fall into that trap and they're too ashamed to simply come and confess their sins before God and get back in the same place they were before. But we need to always remember that Paul tells us also that in Christ, there is no condemnation. For those who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Can I get an amen? Verse 9, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And God said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I hate it. Notice. Man didn't want no blame. So he points to who? To his wife. Honey, I'm sorry. She did it. Verse 13, then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? Now listen carefully. The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. The serpent deceived me and I ate. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Christ, Yeshua, the King of kings and the Lords of lords, we come before you in the mighty name. And Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you for the fellowship we have in this church. We thank you for the worship that you've given us this morning that we may enter into your gates with thanksgiving and to your course of praise. And Father, we ask this morning that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, you are my strength, you are my redeemer, you are my God in whom I trust. Have mercy on me, O oh God, according to your unfailing love. 
according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgression, wash away my iniquities, and cleanse me of all my sins. And create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. But restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. And amen, you may be seated. I want to take my time with this. Because I don't want you to leave here the same way you came. We come here to be changed and transformed into the image of Christ. And the only way to do that is through the word of God. Can I get an amen? So the woman said... The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Looking into the Hebrew word of the word deceived is the word nasha. Nasha, it simply means to lead astray, to be beguiled, or to be seduced, or to be deceived by someone else. I wonder how many young women last night was seduced by the enemy and was led astray out of the will of God into the bed of someone she was not married to. Do you believe me this morning? Say amen. So we have to learn to take, take blame for our own mistakes. We have to confess those before God. But man or the woman, neither one of these people wanted to take the blame. But we find that there, there's, there's a reward when we confess it before God. Because when we confess it, it gets it off of us. Can I get an amen? Proverbs 28 13. Solomon tells us that, that whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. But he who ever confesses it finds mercy. We know one John. 1 John 1, 8, 9 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we'll confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Listen to the words of David prior to his confession. We know his sin fell into the lust of his eyes, Bathsheba on top of the wall, on top of her house bathing, brought her in and had relations with a married married woman. Are you with me this morning? But David says, "For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, and my strength was sapped as in the heat of the summer." You know, summertime when Sammy and and and, and Buddy are cutting this yard out here, I can promise they're getting sapped. That son will take it out of you. And that's what David says it feels like. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover my iniquity. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. But today we find that Eve is speaking face to face with God. Can you imagine? Here he comes in the cool of the garden of the day. Before 
Man was separated from the father, and here she is. She says, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. Today's message is simply entitled, What Lies Is the Devil Trying to Feed You? What lies are the devil trying to feed you? I want you to turn to your neighbor this morning and say, Neighbor, just because he prepares it for you, doesn't mean you have to conceive it. <laughs> Amen. Now, here's a true story. About a week ago, me and Kristen, we, we went to Joe Willie's in Rockwall. Y'all know the place. Some of y'all have ate there with me. But I always get the, the chicken salad with the taco shell, whatever it's called, taco, chicken salad, taco shell, whatever. <laughs> whatever. But, but Kristen, when we order it, she never fails to say these words. Please cut the radishes on his salad. Because you see, I'm highly allergic to, to radishes. If I eat radishes, my throat begins to swell. And then I find that it's not easy to live without air. Come on, amen. But, but it never fails the way people are working, their work ethics today, we go to her table and she is steaming hot because on top of my salad are four slices radishes. Now, I have a choice. God said, I have set before you life and death. Now choose life so that you may live. Now, I can either take those radishes and consume them and say goodbye. Or I could be smart and not consume what was prepared for me. Are you seeing the picture here? Because the, the enemy, he has a purpose. He comes only. Did y'all hear the word only? He comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And so if he knew that you were allergic to radishes, he would quickly bring the radishes. He, he has a purpose, and that is to, to destroy your life. But I've learned that the only way that we can defeat the enemy is by the word of God itself. I want you to see what the enemy is trying to feed our, our, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We go to the book of Matthew chapter 4. We know this story as well. And this is after Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. I, I fasted maybe a couple weeks. I don't know if I even went that far. Maybe 10 days. But, but let me tell you something. After two hours, I'm ready for cheeseburger. Come on, Amen. But, but, but you learn once you begin to fast, it becomes easier as you go. We don't fast anymore, we feast. Hallelujah. <laughs> but anyway, we find in Matthew 4, 3 and 4, and when the tempter came to Jesus, he said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But Jesus answered and said, it is written, man shall live by bread alone, but Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, 
You have to break this temptation down and apply it to our lives today. Because there's not a soul in this room today that the devil has not told you that you are truly not a child of God. Because if you were a child of God, you would not have done what you did. Mm, Does that that make sense to you at all? I, I remember when I first gave my life to Christ, I can't tell you how many times Sunday after Sunday, I, would, I couldn't wait to get to the altar to get saved again. Come on, amen. I must have been saved 50 times my first year. Because you see, I didn't have enough knowledge to understand that, that once God has saved me, he sealed me. And th- even Jesus tells us no one can snatch you out of my father's hand. And I and the Father are one. But but no one told me that. So like you, every Sunday, I got to get saved because God knows the mistakes I was making as a child of God, a young child, tell a lie, said a bad word, maybe took something. I don't know. Whatever I did. But, But what I have to do, I have to learn to counter Fight. My, my daddy was a, a great boxer when he was young, and he taught me as when I began training fighting as a young fighter. And, and I, the, the reason I was a good fighter was not that I was powerful, but I was quick, but I was also a great counter fighter. In other words, I would let you throw your lick in order for me to deliver. Boom. See, a counter fight, when he throws that lick, you're in the motion of. of moving away from the punch. And before they can get back, you, boom. Are you with me this morning? And see, that's what we have to learn. We have to learn to take the word of God and counterfight the enemy. When he throws that punch saying, you are truly not a Christian, you, you pull from that lie, and before he can get back, word of God, boom, counterfight. So let me give you a couple verses this morning to learn to counterfight with. And when you learn how to counterfight with the word of God, you're also reminding yourself of who you are in Christ. 1 John 2 and 2. John said, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the entire world. 1 Peter 3 and 18. For Christ died for sins once for all. Everybody say once for all. The righteous for who? The unrighteous. To bring you and I to God. He was put to death in the body but made alive by the Spirit. And so with all that said, let's now begin to to use this with, 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 with the plan of the enemy. The best way we can understand the plan of the enemy is that we have to get into his heart. The best way you can understand God's defense against the enemy is to get into the word of God, which is the heart of God. And so here's where a lot of people don't do. They don't study the enemy to understand what's in his heart. Woo. 
Because when you begin to look at the darkness in his heart and begin to understand what's in there, then it helps us to understand his fight plan. See, good football coaches, they study what? The films. We're playing the Rams next week, so we got to study their, their films and see how they, how they move, how they do, what they, how they set up. In the same way, we have to study the film, if you would, or the heart of the enemy to understand what's in there. Solomon says these words, Proverbs 27 and 19. As water reflects a man's face, so a man's heart reflects the person. In other words, just like water reflects our face like a mirror, you look inside of the heart of a person, you can see who they really are. And you say, well, the devil is not a man. How will this apply? Because you see, the word of God applies to any and everything, including fallen angels. So if they look into his heart, Ezekiel 28 and 15. We see something interesting here. 28 and 15. This is before his fall. Before the devil's fall. You were blameless in the ways you, you were blameless in the way from the days you were created until wickedness was found in you. Now, now this blows my mind that there was a short period of time that the enemy was blameless. Isn't that crazy to think that he was created to be the most beautiful angel that God ever created? His job was to bring worship into the presence of God. He was perfect until wickedness was found in him. So there was a short period of time that he was right with God. Now we're going into his heart. We look in the word of Isaiah 14 and 13. Look at this. Isaiah begins to tell us that pride began to fill his heart with darkness. Here's the problem was was that he, he not only thought he was good as God, but he thought he could be God. Well, we're going to look at this. Isaiah 14 and 13. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. And I will raise my throne above the stars of God. Woo. And I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. Can you imagine saying that in your heart? I'm going to build my kingdom above the kingdom of God. Be careful what you think in your heart. Ezekiel 28 and 17 Your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted with wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth and I made a spectacle of you before kings. I made you lower than man. Are you with me this morning? Now let's pause for just a moment and I want to show you something kind of deep. I know y'all like to go deep sometimes. As long as I don't blow your bubble. Don't go too deep, Pastor. Just go a little deep. I'm going to go a little deep this morning. And I want you to understand of the sin that the enemy is partaking in right now. 
He is wanting to be God. Is that a sin? That's blasphemy. Come on, amen. That's, that's, that, that, that's not only immoral, but, but it's sacrilegious. It's not right. It's abominable. Now, in his mind, he's thinking, I want to be God. God kicks him out. Now he is the ruler of the air on this earth. He's the little G. And so he comes to man and woman who are now higher than he is on this earth. Why? Because they're sinless. I got to take dominion over these human beings or they will rule me. I need to rule them first. Are y'all with me this morning? So we're going deeper now. Here we go. I want you to listen to the first temptation that he brings to the woman. Genesis 3 and 4. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. So basically what he is promising this woman is something that she already had, and that's immorality. She was already immortal. She was going to live forever. But he's trying to convince her something else. He's trying to show her something that she already has. Lying devil. He promises that she will not die. But mankind have been dying ever since. Are you with me? Romans 6 and 23 says, For the wages of sin is, and because of this one sin, we all have fell into that trap and we all will die. Temptation number two. This is where it gets crazy. For God knows, listen what he's saying to the woman. Put yourself there. God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Wait a minute. Is that not the sin that caused him to get kicked out of heaven? Now he's offering this woman not only immorality, but now you can be like God. Man, this sounds awesome. This sounds perfect. Why wouldn't I want to be like God and live forever? She's already going to live forever. She was already like God in a sense. Sinless. She was a light being moving about. Spiritually perfect. But here's what's interesting. Did you know that in the Mormon church that they promises the men that when they die because they were Mormons and they put their faith in this religion that they too would become a God. And they too will own their own universe and they will be the God of that universe. Now, how deceptive is the devil? Now, this is the year 2005 when this was taken. There were 6.27 million members. That is a lot of people 
who have fell into the trap of the devil because he served it up. This is yummy. I'm going to be a God of my own universe. And all these people have fell into this trap and they're headed straight to hell because the devil has deceived them and they ate. I want you to listen to the Apostle Paul as he's pleading with the people in Galatia and, and the people in Corinth. Galatians 1, chapter 1, 6 through 8. He said, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the gospel of Christ. You're deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, but even if we are an angel from heaven should preach another gospel to you. Are you listening? Let them be eternally condemned. Then he tells the people in Corinth, 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. Listen to this. This is powerful. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, masquerading as apostles of Christ, and no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It's not surprising then if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness, but their end will be what their actions deserve. Millions of Americans today are sitting at the table of the devil and they're passing their lies just like we pass the truth. They're taking what the devil has given them. They receive it by faith, eternal death. Can you see how he's moving? You see his heart. He comes only to steal, kill, and Millions of America today, if they don't hear the truth, will spend eternity in hell because they have received a lie and con conceived it, received it, and became part of them. And now he's kicked out of heaven. He has the purpose to still kill and destroy, John 10 and 10. But Peter says, listen, 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Who can he devour? Those who do not know the truth. The shield of faith, baby. The truth of God's word. We stand on the truth because when he brings those lies to your table, Kobe, I heard you cussing, boy. You know you ain't a child of God. Devil, get behind me. Come on, amen. You liar. You enjoying this? But here's another way we can look into his heart, and that is through the deeds of wicked men working on this earth. Paul tells us in the King James Version, Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, 
powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So he's telling us right here, your battle is not with human race. Your battle is with the spiritual warfare that's working behind them. I want you to listen to what Jesus said about the church. Matthew 21 and 13. It is written, he said, my house should be called a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of robbers. In other words, Jesus is saying they're taking something holy and precious and using it for dishonest gain. We hear it all. We, we got preachers across America flying in phenomenal jets, dressed in Armani suits, Rolexes, watches, Roy's Royces. They're, they're taking... They're taking something beautiful like the kingdom of God and they're using it to get rich. Is that wrong or what? You know why? Because they're going to tell you it's okay and they're going to back it up with scripture, but so does the devil. No, no, no. Jesus said, what does a man profit if he gain the whole world? Yet lose or forfeit his soul. So Paul tells us in Ephesians 5.11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. What are you doing today, pastor? I'm exposing the fruitful, the fruitless lies of the devil. Maybe somebody's listening on this program today. You're a Mormon. You've been hooked in that trap. You're going to hell and don't even know it. But I'm reaching through these airwaves right now. I'm trying to pull you out, snatch you out of the pit of hell before you spend eternity in the lake. This is the saddest verse in the entire Bible. Genesis 6, 5, and 6. This is before Sodom and Gomorrah. This was the enemy was really working powerfully on this earth. Then the Lord God saw how man's, how great man's wickedness on the earth had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil all the time. And the Lord was grieved that he made man and his heart was filled with pain. Can you imagine seeing God suffering so? I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to do something. I'm going to wipe away the sins and start over with Noah. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. And there was only nine who escaped out of all the people in the world. Don't tell me God didn't warn them either. Nine people out of the world was righteous. Shem, Ham, and Japheth and his wife and Noah and his wife. Ouch. So basically, when we see men walking in the ways of the devil, the first thing they want to do is they want to try to bring you and I down with them. They already know that they're walking against the will of God. So now, I'm not satisfied with that because my father comes and still killing and destroying. I'm going to try to bring you down with me. I told you a few weeks ago I was confronted by a man and he was trying to bring me down to his level. Got in my face, speaking horribly, this close. 
spitting in my face as he was yelling that I, I can't even say what he was saying. But I had a choice. Either I was going to partake in what he was feeding me because in my mind, he was already whooped physically because, you know, you've been in martial arts all as long as I have in, in box. I knew exactly what I was going to do and I could have done it that fast. But instead, I laid into the arms of Christ and I just rested in his peace and said, what is wrong with you? I kept saying that same thing. What is wrong with you? I'm trying him, trying to get this man to think, what is wrong with me? See what I'm doing here? Do you see what I'm doing here? I'm trying to get him to think that there's something wrong here. I'm not thinking logical. And so we see men trying to bring us down to their level. We have to step up our game. We have to be more Christ-like. And even Nehemiah, let me tell you about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a man chosen by God to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And, and all these period of time, all these, this king, Darius, I think it is, he's trying to send these messengers over and over and over again to Nehemiah, warning him not to build the walls. But I want you to write this verse down because I want you to keep this in your, 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 your holster. Nehemiah 6 and 4, listen to this. Four times they sent the same message and each, each time I gave the same answer. Four times you sent the same message and each time I gave you the same answer. You know what the answer is? Jesus. That's your answer. I don't care what the devil sends to you, no matter who he sends to your door, just send Jesus to answer the door. Four times they sent the same message, and each time I gave the same response. I gave the same answer. I don't care what their questions is, I got an answer for them. Matthew 16, 21 through 23, let's look at Christ. I'm not going to hold you just a little bit longer. I'm not even going to ask Kobe this time. I took authority right now in the name of Jesus. Matthew 16, 21 through 23. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. I must suffer many things in the hand of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law that, that I must be killed. I must be killed. And on the third day, I will be raised to life. Peter, now filled with the enemy. He pulls Jesus aside, saying, Lord, God forbid this to ever happen to you. Jesus looks at Peter and says, Satan, get behind me, for you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. When the enemy is coming in like a flood, you turn on some stained red. One of our songs was, devil, get, be get behind me. Devil! Yeah. It's a good song. It's simple, but it's catchy. And, and, but it, it helps me. I'll be walking in the highway. Someone trying to run me over. I'm trying to walk. I'm saying, devil, <laughs> come on, amen. We live in a crazy world. 
If you can't remember any other scriptures, you can remember, devil, get behind me. Because he's coming. He has a purpose. He has a plan. Mark 14 and 36. We find Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane crying out with great blood dripping, coming from his forehead, Abba, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus said, Lord, is there, is, there, is there any other way that I can accomplish this? Because all the pressure of sin of mankind has begun to press him. You look into the original language, you find that the garden means the olive press. He's being pressed by the, the sins of the world and he's asking for another cup, an, another plate. That, that's, see, that's what, that's what Peter's trying to offer him, a plate with no pain. Eat this cup, forbid it to ever happen, Christ. No, no, Jesus said, Lord, not my will, but thou will be done. Jesus said, it's going to cost me everything to win this battle. It's going to cost me my life and my blood. So he takes the cup of the Father and he drinks it. He swallows death. Now Christ is dead, taking into the lowest parts of hell, Sheol. Suffering. We don't hear about the suffering of Christ in hell. We, we think he's just wrapped up in the tomb, just waiting for three days. No. He had to suffer in hell so you will not have to. Come on, amen. We, we know he suffered here, but we forget about him suffering there. But he brings them out triumphantly. Come on at the people who are waiting for it. Here's what I want to say. Sometimes God will allow your cup to be very bitter and very painful. It could even be lethal. But everything that God gives you, there's a purpose behind that suffering. It's how you receive it. It's how you take that cup. Let's look at Job. Job 1, 20 through 22. At this, Job got up and tore his robes and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord has given, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, the Bible says, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. No matter what you go through, don't blame God. If he allows the enemy to come in into your camp, praise God. Because there's a purpose for our suffering on this earth. It's for our strengthening. Because if you're suffering today, I can promise you there's more coming tomorrow. If you went through a stroke, you didn't think I'm going to make this one. 
But God says, no, I'm not finished with you yet. I'm going to take you to another level. I'm going to, I'm going to cause you to be a great prayer warrior. And I'm going to use you, and no one's even going to see it or know about it. Powerful. I'm going to take three men and put them here on this altar on Wednesday night. Ladies are cackling like chickens. But in this room, there's silence. Men praying, and all of a sudden now the church is beginning to bloom. If you men want to be part of something powerful, Join us up here on Wednesday night. Something's happening right here. We got things written down. Enemies lying to young children saying they're going to die. We're praying they're getting healed. We're praying things and mountains are moving, not because of something we did, because we have faith in the one that can move mountains. Let's all stand. This week, remember these words. What lie is the devil going to try to feed me? And when he brings it to you, you got a choice. Here it is. Just like my salad. I don't even like how radishes taste. But something in me was tempted to say, I'm just going to bite it. Boy, if I'd done that, Christian would have took me to the little boy's room and whooped me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but, but that's our nature, isn't it? When sin is laid out before us, we're so quick to say, you know what, I can, I can handle this. If I'd have took one little bite, who knows if the ambulance would have got there fast enough. Because I'm not sure how quick that stuff works. I just know when I was young and it happened, it, stuff had to be done quickly. But he's right now, he's got something deadly waiting for you. Deadly. Are you going to consume it? Are you going to let the enemy come and serve you something that's going to take you out? Or are you going to say, devil, you are a liar, get behind me? Yes. I don't know who this message is even for today. I hope it's for everybody. But it could be for one person. One person. Let me ask you right now. Are you saved? Are you born again? Don't, don't fall into the trap where he says, I'm, I'm religious. I've been to church my whole life. I've been baptized. No, I'm not asking you that. I'm asking, have you been born from above, born again? If you have not, if you would like to be saved today, the Bible says today is the day of salvation because you're not promised tomorrow. The devil says, you know what? Here's the plate. You got plenty of time. Do it later, man. You got some fun to have. What, what is he saying to you on your plate? Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, devil, get behind me. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I send your blessings right now in the name of Christ over your people. I bless them from the north, south, east, and west. I speak life over your people right now in the name of Christ. Lord, go with them this week. Help them to make godly decisions and help them 
to rebuke the devil in the power of the living God. And Lord, help them not to consume things that will destroy their lives. We praise you now in Jesus' name. God's people said amen, amen.